Today on Fifth Age, we answer questions like... <sighs> All right. Okay. You're going to use that later, aren't you? I won't promise not to. <laughs> Shut up. as we explore Tolkien's world together. You know what you're here for. Denethor's conversations with his therapist. Not warm tongue. But for real, we're here to talk about the stewards of Gondor. Again. In today's episode, we talk about Boromir failing the test of the ring. Denethor winning father of the year. Boromir blowing his horn at every available opportunity. Even in Rivendell? Even in Rivendell. Just a few of the things that I hate about the theatrical release of The Two Towers. Wait, 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 that's too many things! We need to just get started, okay? Okay. I love this conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely Oh, this is it. great. So, Faramir finds Boromir's body. Yeah. How long after that does he discover the hobbits in Athelion? I don't know. Um, I don't know the timeline there. But it's a, time, it's a period of time afterwards. It's a period of time afterwards. So he knows... He knows that Boromir's dead when he finds Frodo and Sam in Athelion. Yeah. Um, and he mentions it. And this is the first Frodo hears of it. Oh, so he has when no idea. Far Frodo did not know that Boromir was dead. And when Faramir tells him, Frodo despairs. He assumes that the rest of the company died. Because yeah. if, if Boromir fell, he was the muscle. Because he doesn't understand elves. <laughs> He doesn't, doesn't understand, understand elves and dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just the circumstances of his death. Sure. You know, um, Frodo wasn't there for that. So right. He doesn't, under he doesn't know how it happened. He doesn't know that it was immediately after he left. And that. So the scene in the movie where, where Boromir the Bo Boromir fails the test of the ring, essentially. But then, mm -hmm. after failing, succeeds, which is... Which so speaks very much to his... It's a, I mean, it's redemption, but it speaks very much to his will as well. I mean, we talked about Denethor being able to look into the Palantir and resist Sauron. And now you have this situation where Boromir is tested by the ring, seeks to, seeks to take it, and then realizes like in the thrall of Sauron realizes that he's in the thrall of Sauron and decides not to be anymore. Like that's crazy. At one point he, um, after Frodo disappears, puts on the ring and, and gets out of there. Like the proximity has increased. Like, like he's gone further. Excuse me. Uh, Frodo puts on the ring to escape from Boromir and, right. and he gets away and Boromir, the ring is no longer present immediately present so it's he so it's influence is lessened but even so though he's he still wants it i mean he falls on his face and when he gets up he's oh crap what i do like it's a it's an impact there's like a it's the old it's the old trope of a from a tv like a old tv movie where you get hit on the head and suddenly it's suddenly you remember dirt. who you are or whatever yeah 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 kind of yeah it's kind of like that and also frodo is left with the ring at this point um oh, okay but he he does he does fail the test, but then he redeems himself. He he knows that it was wrong what he did. Right. So he hasn't been he ha his will hasn't been taken. Is my point. 
but over time, I may have overstated, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's, he had been, he wanted the ring the whole time, but he didn't know it was the ring though. Right. We, we talked about this a different time. Like, well, he knew it was the ring at this point, but like when he came to the council of Elrond, he had no idea what he was looking for. He was looking for Isildur's bane, which he thought was an arrow. Right. Because Isildur was killed by an arrow. Um, he finds out that it's a ring and he joins the company. But even at the Council of Elrond, he said, uh, can we please bring this thing to Gondor? This would be a really great tool against Sauron and we could use some help. I'm not going to beg for help, but, you know, if you guys want to move it down this way, we'd appreciate it. Um, but, he, you know, he joins the company and over time you can tell that the ring is starting to grow in his mind, as they say. Um, in Lothlorien, when Galadriel tests him, he shies away immediately. And, you know, she shows everybody exactly what they want if they were to turn away from the quest. And I'm, it never says specifically, but I'm assuming she's offering Boromir the ring. Right. He's already, he's already gone by the point, by the time they get out of Moria. Um, and he has been talking about, he wants a powerful weapon. And Denethor talks about, you could have, to Faramir, you could have brought me a powerful weapon. Yeah. So, you know, he he figured it out. And and uh, Boromir's strength of will, like, falters over a long period of time. He holds out for a long time before he confronts Frodo. And it's not until the point where they have to decide if they're going to go east or west that he does this. Um, obviously, Frodo escapes and the ring is out of his reach. And then he defends... Mary and Pippin to the death, which, you know, it's a redemption thing. And he defends them knowing he'll die. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's, he's calling for Aragorn. He's blowing the horn. He's calling for Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas. Right, but he blows the horn immediately, which, you know, he knows he's screwed. Yeah, yeah. You know. He, he doesn't do that unless he has to. Yeah. Or he's leaving, apparently. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you rally your troops, right? So, yeah. like. I can't fight this fight by myself, guys. But, you know, you're also revealing. So, like, if you if if he'd run across a scouting party of, you know, two or three uh, Oryx, he would have killed them mm-hmm. and been done with it. And he would never blow on the horn because you're revealing that you have other people when you do that. Right. Um, so if you have a superior force, then you're revealing to them that they should search, you know. Right. Which he would have known as an experienced commander and w- would not have done it unless he thought both that he had a chance to win and that he needed help. Well, he, he tends to, um, he sounds his horn when he sets out on a journey, he does it in (laughs) Rivendell and Elrond's like, dude, did you just, (laughs) we took the Tomadil down for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) We're not selling used cars here. Um, anymore, anymore. (laughs) I mean, that was years ago. Um, but he blows it then. And then, um, he tends to, he doesn't blow it. Oh, Boromir blew it. Um, he sounds the horn when he leaves Rivendell and then he sounds it again there, um, as a, as a rallying cry. And he sounds it at the beginning of battle. That's his, like, that's his opener. We're fighting now, but you know, is it just to remind himself what's going on? (laughs) Wait, what am I doing? Oh yeah, I'm fighting a battle. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate players. Oh god. 
but it's interesting because um, the ring, you know, is really a catalyst for all of these events, and it's a catalyst for Boromir's fall. It's a catalyst for, you know, Sauron mobilizing his troops. It's a catalyst for Sar- Saruman's fall. All these things happen because of the ring. So I have a question here that you asked about the ring. Yeah. Like, how does the ring fit into this? Um, I, I mentioned before, Boromir wants it as a weapon against Mordor. And especially once he finds out what it is. Once he knows that this is the ruling ring, he's like, oh, crap. This is what my dad wants. My dad <laughs> wants this for the war. And um, when Gandalf shows up in Gondor with Pippin, and Faramir's coming in and all this stuff's happening down in, in Gondor. Um, Denethor has figured out what's going on with the Pelantir. And he knows that Faramir let Frodo go, unlike he did in the movie, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah. So he knows that Faramir let Frodo go with the ring into Mordor. And he he's upset with his son. Well, he does. Not. So I'm gonna just say that in the movie, and I know you, I know you hate this part, and for I good reason. Really, really hate this part. But as a as a former military officer, actually, not even that. As a moviegoer, what that scene does is it clarifies in a way that can't be done. I don't think in a quick meeting in us in in Athelion. Or is much more difficult to do. It clarifies the decision that Faramir is actually making. Because what Faramir is doing. After he brings him to. Like his secret lair basically right. Like he brings Frodo and Sam to his secret lair. Mm -hmm. And so he's revealed the secrets of Gondor. To Frodo and Sam. As far as the location of their. Of their base of operations right. The Athelian base. Yeah. Which would be a closely guarded secret. And. He's done that, but he he's he's done that, but he's also come to a to I won't say exact, but to a secure knowledge of what it is that Frodo has. And after having both revealed his own secrets and knows Frodo, knowing Frodo's secret, makes the decision to aid Frodo in his current mission rather than doing what he knows his commander wants. Um, and it's it's a. I think it's much clearer than if he just lets him go, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like in the book, it's pretty clear, but But words are different than movies. Yeah. I agree with that statement, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like, um, and I know you mentioned that I hate that scene and I do, I do hate that Faramir brings Frodo and Sam to Asgiliath. Because it seems like a decision that Boromir would make. Oh, to bring them? To bring them. Not a decision that Faramir would make. And and Faramir says in Athelion, not if this were laying by the side of the road would I take this. There's no way that I want this. I do not want this. You need to leave. Like, get out of here so I'm not tempted. Boromir couldn't stand this trial, but I know I can. This is showing Faramir's strength in a different way. And it is more stark. In the movie, showing it that way. Well, Farmer presents himself to his father for judgment to the death in the movie in a very literal way. I have acted against my oath of office. And here I am presenting myself. Does he do the same thing in the the book? In the book, he, um, 
Let's see here. He's in conference with Gandalf and Denethor and Pippin at that point. Um, let's see. Farmer told his tale, but he keeps his eye on Gandalf the whole time he's talking to make sure that he's not saying too much. Okay. And, uh, you know, at the end of his story, Faramir says, I hope that I have not done ill. And he looks back at Denethor and Denethor is like, why are you asking me? These were your men to command. Right. See, I think this is very different and it has to do with the change in Denethor's character. Mm -hmm. If you look at the way the movie is written, Denethor is almost a, he's like a corrupt official in the movie. Yeah. And in this, he's more, you know, he's upset that in in desperate hours gentleness may be repaid with death yeah he's he knows that the decisions that faramir is making um faramir's decisions are not his decisions that um he's too he thinks he's soft that denethor would have made different decisions denethor see i think that the thing about you know in in film um i was looking at the wrong scene oh it's later well, it's exactly it's exactly like it is in the movie. Oh, is the it? Wor- the words are the same. So, well, in that case, maybe um, what I'm about to say is totally incorrect. But what I was going to say is this: the scene, the scene's purpose is to show Faramir's courage in front of his father. Mm-hmm. And um, while he is unwilling, not unwilling, but while he may not be the guy like to charge into his own death. Uh, in Denethor's mind, he may not be the guy to charge into certain death in, in Denethor's mind. Um, he is willing to put himself in a situation where his life is forfeit because of what he believes is right. And Denethor's response is to send him into the other situation, right? Mm-hmm. Will you go to your own death? Knowing that that's what you're doing Will you lead into your your men into battle knowing that you won't return as Boromir would if you believed it were the right? You know, I mean, like this is very much. A, yeah, that's the way it feels in the movie. But yeah, you know, if you're saying it's the same scene in the book, essentially, I mean, it's got to be the same rationale. Yeah. Like I'm sending you to fight in your brother's place is effectively what he says. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a. Is there is there a captain here that will still do his lord's will? Right. Is how he puts it, which is pretty scathing. Because he's saying it in front of Prince Imrahil. He's saying it in front of like a bunch of other like captains and generals and stuff. Oh, yeah, like, that's like a big no-no. It's a huge call-out. Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah, you never... Yeah, that's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, you praise in public mm-hmm. and reprimand in private, you know. Mm-hmm. And which is, you know, management 101, right? I do. I do both in private, but that's my style. Yeah. But um, I, so I took it as putting him in a worse situation to show his courage more strongly in the movie. That's what I took it as. And to make Faramir's character more sympathetic so that when Denethor decides to send him to his death, you have a different feeling than you would if he simply made a decision, which... The, w- the way that you've described it as far as like, you know, I, I basically I need you guys to go away. You guys need to get out of here and go do what you're going to do because I can't have this thing around me is a totally different scenario. That's like uh, I'm protecting myself in part 
And that is not what he does in the movie at all. In the movie, he grabs them. He decides he's going to do what Boromir would have done in his mind and realizes that he's doing the wrong thing. He gets to have a redemption arc, which he doesn't have in the book. He doesn't need one in the book. Well. But but, that's fine. But it's parallel to his brother's arc, right? Right. That's true. Um, And the, the other thing that I really hate about that scene... There are two other things about that scene that made me almost leave the theater and I'm just going to get them out. <laughs> Go ahead. Frodo turns on Sam for an instant. Yeah. Which is not cool. Frodo never turns on Sam. Um, and a Nazgul sees Frodo on the walls of his Gilead. Yeah. That part is, away. uh, yeah. I'm going to take well, a hard pass on the Nazgul becoming aware of the ring's location right next to Mordor. And um, not calling all the other ones and just running him into the ground. Yeah. yeah. See, that's why I have a problem with this whole scene. Because it, yeah. It was very then, dramatic. It is very dramatic. And it's very, and it does serve the purpose that you discussed. It's, I won't, I will actually say not only is it very dramatic, it's very cinematic. Like the Battle it of Nosgiliath is, is very cool. cinematic. It's very cool. It is all of the things that the fight scenes at the end of the Hobbit movies wanted to be. But weren't. So what other questions do we have? <laughs> Basically, what we, what we discussed is there is no actual rivalry between Faramir and Boromir. And in fact, they're incredibly supportive of one another. Mm-hmm. And everything that Boromir does that seems sort of rivalrous is actually Boromir trying to protect Faramir and give him a chance to show off in front of daddy. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stuff in the extended edition of Return of the King, I think, where it's like Boromir has just retaken Osgiliath and he's giving this great speech and he and Faramir are talking and they're close and they're great. And then Denethor shows up and they're like, oh, God, this guy, (laughs) Denethor has his little wedge that he's trying to stick in between them. It's a really great scene. Like, does he believe that making them compete is going to be good for them? I don't know. I don't know. It's well, possible. Anyway, um, after um, the whole Osgiliath drama, with or without Frodo, mm-hmm. after the the fall of Osgiliath, and then the, the failure to recapture Osgiliath, right? Yeah. Um, and Faramir comes back. Poisoned. Yeah. So Faramir comes back, and Denethor believes he's dead. Mm-hmm. And... So... Um, I gotta find this thing. I think it's in the chapter The Pyre of Denethor. So, uh, Faramir returns injured from Osgiliath. He has been taken down by the Black Breath. He's been too close to a Nazgul. And that fear and domination has taken him down along with the poison dart which probably didn't help anything. Probably not. And he really needs a doctor. But Denethor, when he sees his son come in, laid out flat, he goes and looks into the stone again. He looks into the Palantir again after that. And Pippin, later, at the end of the chapter, says that the Lord went away from the room where Faramir lay. And it was only when he returned that I first thought he, he was changed, old and broken. 
So Faramir comes back injured. Denethor sees him, goes and looks into the Palantir. Sauron shows him utter destruction and despair. And he just loses it. He's lost both of... He lost his wife when he was a young man. He lost both of his children, in his mind. Um, he's losing the battle. He has nothing left. He, he has no... He's, see, he's besieged. He sees no way to win the war. And he completely despairs. So he goes in... Uh, after his son comes in, he sees that basically what he... What he should have known was going to happen, happened. Um, he goes into the to look in the Palantir when he's not on his A game, and at the same time, Sauron totally knows that this is the kind of moment when he would look into the Palantir. Mm-hmm. So he's like, mm-hmm. so Sauron's prepped. Denethor is weakened, and mm-hmm. and Sauron finally has his way with him. Kind of is what yeah, it sounds like. So, so here's the list of things that Denethor is dealing with right here. All right, I made a list. I thought you'd appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. Go ahead. So his so his wife died very young, leaving him with two children. He's fighting a war that he sees in, as increasingly unwinnable. And he's constantly being shown that it's unwinnable by his opponent. His favorite son died following Gandalf, who he does not like, on a quest to destroy what he sees as the one weapon that can save his personal world from destruction. Right? Yeah. He kind of sent Boromir. I know I said earlier Boromir wanted to go, but it was really up to Denethor who went. Right. And in the end, he sent Boromir on the quest that killed him. Right. Faramir had the chance to bring him the ring and didn't. So he sends him to Asgiliath as like sort of a punishment or something. And he, then he returns like this. Then yeah, right. he goes... The city is literally on fire right now. The the forces of Mordor are throwing fire into the city, and the city is on fire. And Sauron has made him believe that victory is completely impossible. He has, like, no hope left in the world. He, he, he does not imagine that Rohan has enough power, even if they show up at this point, to break through the lines of Mordor. Well, they don't. So, right. Right. <laughs> Like, I mean, he's correct. He's correct. He cannot win this war. But yeah. he he's in, in such a place after all of these things piling up that he just can't handle it anymore. And he loses it and decides that Faramir's, Faramir is burning because Faramir has a fever from the poison. Right. So Faramir is burning. The city is burning. Let's all just burn. Burn, burn it all down. Just burn it. It's like it's the it's like the end of office space. <laughs> he's tired of not getting paid he wants a stapler he's burning the place down <laughs> <laughs> oh, only less funny yeah a little Just although I have to funny. say I was pretty amused watching Denethor throw himself off the tower <laughs> he doesn't throw himself off the tower in the book he jumps on the pyre with the palantir in his hands I was like I was like, what an idiot. I was watching the movie. Look at this jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, they, in the difference, here's another difference between the book and the movie. He, he, they get Faramir off of the pyre. Denethor jumps on with the Palantir. And after that, 
the only thing you can ever see in that Palantir is his burning hands. Really? Mm-hmm. That is the only thing that Palantir ever shows again. That's pretty... That's pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at that one. I just thought that Denethor, like watching the movie, you get the impression that Denethor took a Katy Perry song a little bit too literally. <laughs> Haven't we all at one point or another? I think... No. Not like that. <laughs> That was the last one really about the stewards and the House of Denethor specifically. We do have another Gondor one coming up, but it's about the White Tree, which for me is one of the favorite things that we've talked about so far. Thank you to everyone for sticking with us, for subscribing, for sharing with your friends, for all the enthusiasm that we've gotten over the last few weeks when we've been away. You know who you are. Thank you. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at Fifth Age Podcast on Twitter. You can reach us on Facebook. You can reach us at email at show at fifthagepodcast.com. You can also go directly to the fifthagepodcast.com website, sign in and comment directly on the show notes. Any way you want to provide feedback, anything that you want to share with us is great. And as always, the music is provided by our friend, Dr. Turtle. Thanks for listening. See you next time.